This is the You Belong Podcast, a podcast for all photographers where we throw out competition in comparison and instead embrace community and growth. We have the ability to learn from each other, and this podcast does just that. I'm Allison Hatch. Join us each episode because you belong. Okay, welcome to the You Belong Podcast. I am so crazy excited to have our guest on today. We have Amy Elizabeth. She is a film photographer in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and she has so much to offer. I am so excited to talk to her. Like before we started recording, it's like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Because there's so much to talk about. But she has education and she does client work and she has all these things in person, online, like... Oh my gosh, it's just so much that we could share today. Thank you, Amy, for being on here today. I so appreciate it. <laughs> We're off to a great start, aren't we? <laughs> I've already hit mute. I'm like doing, yes. we're doing, I've got my blood, my blood vessel, my busted blood yes. vessel in my eye. We're doing great. This is real life though. Thank you so much for having me, Allison. It's an You're honor welcome. that you asked and words of affirmation are my love language. So everything you just said is like. Oh. Just like puts me on a high. So thank Good. you. Good. I'm so glad we're starting out our Mondays this way. This is great. Yes. It's kind of a bit messy and beautiful at the same time, the way I like it. Oh, okay. that's like, you're speaking my language. This is great. <laughs> we're going to have Perfect. so much fun. Perfect. So I wanted Amy to come on. So I've been following Amy for a long time. Um, I actually send my film soup to her, um, to her lab. And I just lately, I don't know if you guys follow her, but she's been going through some personal stuff that has made her personal work explode, just explode in this creativity. That's like, Oh my gosh, I want a piece of that. And unfortunately it's come from a place of pain. And it seems like sometimes people's best work actually comes from that place. And it's for you, it's vulnerability. You wanted to talk about being vulnerable. And I would, if you're comfortable talking about that, let's go into what has been happening lately and where, what has evolved from that place? Yeah. Well, um, I am in the process of a divorce. It's been really long. I'm getting toward the end. It's been over a year process um, and it's been pretty intense and getting to the point of even saying a divorce is the next right step was very intense that is really when I turned to self-portraits as a way of processing everything that I was feeling. I'm a big believer that art is just a way to externally process. Um, and so there is kind of this inherent therapeutic act of creating when you allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to show up in that space and say, I'm here. Uh, I'm going to see myself. I am going to create what I need to. And I tell people, you don't even have to share it, but even just showing up and being honest with yourself and with your camera or your medium, whatever that is, is going to empower you and validate your feelings and help you work through them. And so that's what art has been for me during this time. And so you're right. It's out of that deep pain and showing up in that space as true as I can, um, that has allowed me to kind of splash my insides all over the page, if you will. And so when people resonate with that, that, it, it, 
it's lovely because you know that if somebody is resonating with it, it's because they are bringing themselves in and our stories get to overlap. And that's exactly kind of the point of of all of this is connection and overlapping our stories. And we can only do that when we are vulnerable. Yeah, no, I appreciate you being willing to even talk about it. A divor- going through divorce is incredibly personal, but at the same time, a lot of people have actually walked that path. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm sure you feel like you're doing it alone, that connection, being able to be vulnerable and having those stories overlap, like you say, is such an important way to create connectivity and I'm sure a way to help you carry through this. Like, it seems like that's what your work has been. The words that you've been sharing on your newsletter and Instagram, it seems like it has been a way of transcending that pain, being able to mm-hmm. get out of that and feel this hopefulness in a place where I'm sure you don't really want to feel hopeful. And I feel like art is such a powerful way to be able to do that for people. So you've been doing a lot of self-portraits while you've been going through this process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I you, talking. we were talking before we started recording about your divorce and how it's being allowing you to, like, rediscover yourself. Mm-hmm. And has that been a way, like, doing your self-portraits a way of self-discovery? Why don't we dive into that a bit? Yeah, so the thing with self-portraits is as I was I had this like compulsion to take them. I would put my kids to bed and more often than not head down to my, I have a basement studio. I call it my hobby dungeon. Um, And which I have to find in because I'm moving. And so I'm going to have to, everyone's like, where are you going to put your studio? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out because everyone knows how important it's been for me. Um, but it was like this compulsion. I, I would get my kids to bed and head down to my studio and I, I wasn't, I wasn't totally understanding what the compulsion was about. And I kept thinking, oh, I'm trying to find my voice. I'm trying to find my voice. And then I had this in actually individual session, um, with, uh, we were, toward the end of 2021, we started seeing this marital therapist and I had an individual session to try to process some, um, PTSD that I, that I was going through. And she did this visualization exercise with me and in it, you had to picture yourself. And I saw, I couldn't picture anything. I just saw black. And then eventually an image of myself that came to mind was a self-portrait I had taken. And I was facing away from the camera. It was black background. I was in my black tutu, black leotard, and my neck was exposed and my arms were kind of back, almost as if I'm like trying to take flight. And through this visualization exercise, I ended up coaxing that version of Amy to turn to me. And by the end, I was holding her hands and looking into her eyes and saying, I see you and I promise to not stop seeing you. And when I opened my eyes, I realized, oh my goodness, these self-portraits have not just been about finding my voice, but it's about seeing myself. I stopped seeing myself. Um, And it was through a series of events. It was shortly thereafter that um, I gave myself the permission to say that this was a marriage that I could leave. And, um, And through that process, it's that kind of marks the time where I have been, I, I say forced, but also we, we make choices. And so it's, it's given me the avenue to bet on myself and say, who do I want to be? What do I want my life to look like? Where am I gifted? Why 
am I denying that giftedness? Why don't I live into this? And because of the fact that out of like desperation almost of saying it's, this is my time. I, I want to make ends meet in this way. I want to do this with my life. Um, this has made me confront it and say, well, now, now you're going to have to go all in. If you want this to work, you have no safety net. You have to totally bet on yourself. And that's where I find myself now. Um, and I don't know what it's going to look like. All I know is every day I'm trying to take the next right step. I am trying to show up. I am trying to use the ways that it feels like people connect with my story. It doesn't matter if you've gone through a divorce or not. We, The human experience is so universal that there are threads that connect us um, if we allow them to. And so that's where I am now. And I don't know what that'll look like in a year, but I'll, I, I'm learning to live in the present and say, well, right now I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying to take the next right step. And, um, and there's no, I talk with my therapist about like, there's no failure. It's just data collection. And like, that sounds great on the surface, but when you're like, okay, but I actually have to support myself and three boys. It sure can feel like failure is an option. Um, but in this moment I am safe. My boys are safe. We have a roof over our heads. We have food on the table. And so I'm just going to keep living into where I feel I am called to go. And so this is my era of betting on myself. And it feels really scary, but really awesome. Wow. 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 Okay. So that all stemmed from one self-portrait. That's incredible. <laughs> like, so I'm not divorced, but I felt when you told that story, and um, I've heard the story previously, that I'm this, that being able to see yourself and connecting to yourself in your truest way through a self-portrait was very resonating to me. And I, I think that's so powerful that photography was able to make that connection for you. Then to be able to go in this massive direction, giving you permission to, to leave your husband, giving you permission to go all in in photography, giving you permission to have a business and being like being willing to go in, you know, that there's no safety net anymore, but you feel so good about that. It's your truest self being able to see your truest self. I think that is incredible that self-portraiture has that much power and your self-portraits are incredible, by the way. First of all, this isn't just like the woo-woo part of self-portraiture. This, she has amazing self-portraits. You guys need to go see her work. But I just think that's incredible that that did that for you. Um, so let's talk about giving yourself permission. Let's move away from that self-portraiture. Let's go into like the business side of things. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people have this, I want to do this like you did, I but I, I'm not, I don't feel safe doing it. And you talked about being safe, like it's safe for me to do this. We have a roof over our heads. It's safe for me at this moment to be able to do this. Um, giving yourself that permission and feeling safe going into a business when you, and you said this before we started recording, maybe we don't have any business doing it, but you absolutely should be doing it. What? Let's talk about that. Yeah. I feel like, and I've spoken about this with other people too, like mentees about uh, growing up. I think so many of us grew up with uh, practicality at the fore, you know, our parents yeah. like go to college, get a job that's secure and especially for artists, I think a, long, a lot of us have had this longing for something 
a little different, maybe a little outside of the box. And, you know, growing up, I always, I wanted to, I wanted to be an artist. I would see artists and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not an artist. And it took me a long time to even call myself a photographer. I think I was like my late thirties before I started saying it without like vomiting a little. And then the last, <laughs> you know, we all know that feeling. I, I like, know that feeling so very much. Yes. That's why I giggled. Cause yes, yes. I know that feeling. And recently over the last year, I've started calling myself an artist. And at first, once again, I wanted to like throw up a little bit. I would say it apologetically, but I kept saying it. And when you keep saying it, you really start to believe it. Like your head might believe it, but when you say it, your body starts to believe it. And now I can like boldly proclaim I'm an artist. Okay. So that's the first audacious thing. I'm an artist. Um, when I went to college, that would have never been okay. I, I mean, I majored in math, like that's you, you're a female who is good in math and science. That's what you do. It's practical. It's safe. It's stable. Um, I ended up teaching high school math, which, you know, I, I did that all over the country too, as I moved around for um, my ex's education and his job. It was so safe. It but it wasn't safe. I think there were all these structures I had around me that felt safe because they felt practical. Um, but as I, I'm, I told my therapist this the other day too, I feel like I am this boat and I've had all these anchors attached to me and they have felt so safe, but we know the point of a boat isn't to stay anchored in the Harbor. It's to be out at sea. And it doesn't feel as safe to be out at sea, but when you're living into your purpose, it, that those, those false safeties also aren't good and you need to take these risks. And I think life without risk might feel safer, but it, it kind of like dampens your spirit. And so a lot of us who are looking to live outside of the box haven't had the permission from our, from our parents who absolutely love us and have always done the best they can. You know, this is not to throw anybody's parents under the bus. Um, they, this, they wanted practical things to protect us. Um, but we don't need protecting. What we need is we need permission to live into our callings, to live into our purpose. And so often we damp that down because we don't have other people giving us that permission. And so one of the most powerful things in having these, I, I think Julia Cameron calls them believing mirrors. And I, I love that um, people in your life who can reflect back to who you are and what your gifts are. And once you start getting those believing mirrors, giving you that permission, you kind of start to believe it yourself. And, but once you give yourself that permission, that's when it's terrifying because you're cutting those anchors. You know, I feel like I have, I'm, I'm this, I'm this boat at, you know, I'm this boat still in the Harbor a bit. I have two anchors left that I'm trying to cut off. Um, and every time has been so scary, but every time it has set me free a bit. And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bobbing, I'm getting a little free and I'm just doing the scary thing by cutting them. So you need those believing mirrors though. It's really, really hard to do without them because, and we need each other. We need connection. And so I have no problem saying that I couldn't give myself permission at first. I needed other people to give me permission. And that is exactly why connection and community is such a powerful and wonderful and healing thing. I love that. 
I can't wait to see where you go with your boat. That's going to be amazing. No, I love that analogy. It's so true. Like with those anchors, you're not able to go where you want to go and be being in a safe place doesn't allow you to be free in the way that you need to be free to be able to experience your life to the fullest. Yes, you're still on your boat. Yes, you're still on the water and it's beautiful and whatever, but you're not able to explore this big giant world that could possibly be yours. That is such a fantastic analogy. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, like I agree, like trying to say you're an artist, I giggled because I have a hard time saying that still. (laughs) It's like, am I really? But yeah, you have to say those affirmations. You need those, those mirrors back to you, like saying it to yourself over and over again. And I love what you said. I don't know if you remember saying this, but you said you didn't, you starting to believe it in your body. I feel like that is such an important part of being an artist is that we don't realize that it's not just our, you know, photography is very technical and we're in our brains a lot instead of, you know, like if you're a sculptor, it's your body. And if you're an oil painter using your, you know, you're using your body to create the art. And I love that you're saying you're starting to believe it in your body and like feeling it in your muscles, your bones, like it's not just in your brain. I love that so much. So yeah, like having permission to create these businesses, being all in, which you are, and you are all in, in a lot of places. Let's talk about all those places that you're in right now. Like seriously, I don't, you are all over the place and every single one of them are fantastic and I want to be a part of. So let's, why don't you tell us what you're doing right now? I know you're in a magazine. You're going to be doing an in-person workshop. You have all this stuff. So let, tell us all the things. Oh, yes, I know. And I and I look at myself. I'm like, am I doing too many things? And, no. um, but it's just, it's where, I, it's where I'm at. And it's where I feel called to be. And yeah. it doesn't have to look like that next month. But this is what it looks like right now. And I love it. I, I would say the the thing that um, this this year, 2023, has marked uh, me going all in on my business. Um, I had some, one of those anchors was cut kind of last December and uh, really forced me to say, okay, like if I'm going to do this, it's now. And so the first thing I did, which was kind of this dream I had was I created uh, the artist collab slash the art lab. And it does, it's dual named because it is an art lab where we get to experiment and, you know, make quote unquote, make mistakes. Cause data collection, it's all about data collection. We can pivot, you know, like I've already pivoted a few times in it. Um, but it's also an artist collaborative, like we're in it together and community is obviously a huge passion of mine as well. And creating a safe space for people to be vulnerable or try new things. Um, so I created the artist collab out of that where every month now we have really started learning about, so we have a prompt, but through the prompt, it's become so much bigger. We end up learning about an artist and talking about art. And this month, um, we found out some controversial things about the artist that I had chosen that you kind of had to deep dive. And it really, it opened up this, like, I feel like in the age of social media, discourse is dead. You know, like we're all just othering each other. Like, I don't want to, and discourse is alive and well in this group. And that to me, like, I like have chills because the way that people came to the table and talked about these issues and really heard one another uh, was like so beautiful. It was like an honor to, to watch and be part of. Um, 
And the goal every month is it's slow art because social media also is like this fast paced, create, share. And there's actually, I think there's a lot of validity to it, actually. Like I, I think social media also helps me keep creating when it's good for me, but I kind of don't want to. But we also need the practice of slow art where we're learning and thinking and processing and coming together. And then afterwards we can reflect and, you know, we have this time together in the artist collab where, you know, before we come together and we talk about things and we bounce ideas and um, everything is about everything I say. And so stuff from our own lives will come in. And then after our prompt is due, we come back and we get to tell each other, we said, this is what I see in this. And look at how wonderful this is. And it, it's really affirming for each artist too. And, um, people will see things in art, you know, we come to art with our own experiences. And, um, and so it's just this like really full experience of art making. Um, and that's been an absolute, absolute joy. Um, I also just finished my first run of a self-portrait workshop, which I say it's like, and my goal was for it to be far more therapeutic than self-portrait workshop because obviously given my history and it was so encouraging when people would say, this is, this has been like therapy. You have a way of seeing me because once again, being seen is so important. Um, it was, people came and entered in with their vulnerabilities and looked in at themselves and it was, I I am definitely going to do it again because it was such a powerful experience for me as well. Um, I also have, I, I love, I love teach. I still, I love teaching. Teaching is part of my background and you know, this is what I'm doing in all these other areas, but I do even love like the technical aspects. Like I love the artistic stuff. Let's get all introspective and, you know, externally processed, but also I love teaching technical aspects because I do have that math mind where I'm like, and this is why this happens here. And so I'm starting a multiple exposure workshop. Um, and the thing that just launched today is Analog Weekend, which I'm hosting with Jess Cosmac and Flavia Fontana Juicy in uh, Ontario. And um, it's a weekend to connect and slow down and unplug and be together and learn. And it's kind of a a combination of everything where we get technical stuff, we get artsy stuff, we are going to make with our hands. And um, because I, I am a big believer in like that thought, like body, brain, I mean, mind, body, spirit connection. And so to gather in that space, we're really going to be hitting all those things at once. And so this, I'm, there might even be more, I don't know that I'm just like, I'm so excited and passionate. And I think my biggest thing is don't go so fast that you burn out because I'm also, I haven't been, I, I have been doing a lot of writing and that's kind of been pushed to the side, but I'm also in the process of listing a house and moving. So I'm trying to have grace <laughs> for myself as well. Totally. Those all sound fantastic. Yeah, you are in a lot of places at once, but it sounds like you're doing what you feel called to do. Do you feel like that has been you're just like helping you make the decision. Yes, you're all in and yes, you need to create, but it doesn't sound like you're doing anything because you have to. You're doing it because you feel called to. Is that the case? A hundred percent. And that's where I do. I'm starting to feel comfortable just being where I feel called. And instead of try, trying to do these things because it's like, well, you have to make 
ends meet, figure it out. It's like, no, these are things I want to do. And these have all been things that I've been mulling over for a while. But now that I'm, you know, forced to bet on myself, I'm, I'm making them reality. I, uh, I'm actually in the process of writing about it. But when I was looking for a spot to rent for me and my boys, um, when I knew I was going to have to sell the house, people would say, oh, where are you going to move to? And this was like January. And I'm like, I don't know the right thing will come along when it needs to, which felt very audacious because anxious Amy would normally say, I don't know. And I'm spending every waking moment trying to figure it out. But instead I am sitting back and saying, what feels, you know, what feels right? What is, what is right? Knowing, um, knowing X, Y, or Z. And lo and behold, like this house 10 blocks away, um, like, it's not that I didn't search. I just didn't search with a scarcity mentality of, oh, I need to find the first thing that comes along. And I feel like that's what I'm trying to run my business out of. Not out of a scarcity mentality, but out of a, an abundance mentality um, of I'm just going to do what feels right. And I'm going to believe that the universe, the infinite universe has infinite good things. Um, but I need to play my part and live into my callings and my giftedness and my purpose. And I would say that this house, for me, I was I was really wanting to believe that the right thing would come along. But once again, my body, you know, my head was like, Amy, believe it, because what good does worrying do? But I was, you know, my my body was still catching up, which I gave myself grace for. And when that came along, it felt to me like, yeah, okay, yep, I that's another sign that yes, the universe does want good things for me and, and my boys. And so all I can do is bring myself to the table and keep moving forward and being anxious or having a scarcity mentality isn't going to help anybody. So yeah, just do what you're called to do. Yeah. If people, I've heard about this before, I've talked about this before, the abundance mentality or the scarcity mentality in business. And let's talk about that in case people who are listening haven't heard of it because it's very like mind blowing in a way when it's just, just switch this tiny little switch. So tell us about abundance mentality and um, scarcity mentality. Yeah, I would say scarcity mentality, which I probably a lot of us grew up in. I know I grew up in it um, and I'm still trying to move out of it. Um, but it's looking around and saying there, you know, there are only so many good things to go around. So scarcity mentality, and I was talking about this with somebody else who wanted to educate on something, but she was like, but everyone else is already doing it. And I'm like, well, okay, but also you're good at it. You know your stuff. And the only thing, there's nothing unique in the world, right? Like we're all, I mean, the only thing unique is our voice and our story. And I'm like, so you can put out this, you know, guide that you want to put out because your voice and your story is the only thing unique in the world. Like who cares if that guide isn't unique? Um, but the universe needs you to tell it from your voice. Like you're feeling called to tell it from your voice. And that's how I think business is, is like, there's a bajillion other people teaching X, Y, or Z about art or photography or film photography, but I'm the only me that there is. And so I need to come to the table and say, I don't have to worry that there's only finite things to go around. Um, I'm going to show up and trust that 
you know, the universe, which is infinite, has infinite good things. And that my voice is needed in this space. Um, I think this abundance mentality helps us honor ourselves and our voice um, and showing up where scarcity mentality is kind of an excuse to hide and say, well, I can't do it because there's only so much to go around. Um, And scarcity mentality kind of squashes that voice, I think, in a lot of ways. I agree. I agree. Another way that I've looked at and have been taught about scarcity mentality versus abundance mentality is, you know, for instance, you're doing your business. Yeah, you're in a position where financially you have lost your, you know, ex-husband's income and you could be like, oh my gosh, I need money. I need money right now. How am I? I got to do this. I got to do this. And that's just that thought, just that you energy of scarcity. I don't have enough. And so you put out the energy. It's a negative energy versus abundance where yes, there's enough for me. There's enough for everybody. Yes. I have something fantastic to offer. This is what I need to do. You're calling like it's coming from the, like when you are offering like say portraiture or whatever, or an educational piece that those people want you and that what you're giving to them is a piece of you. How should I say this for abundance? It's the energy of not just, it's an energy of giving versus needing. That's exactly what I'm looking for. It's an energy of giving versus needing. And it makes all the difference in the world for everybody involved, for you, for your clients, for your work you're creating, that it, it's such a, just that tiny little switch, mental switch of need versus give. And I think it it can change your business drastically if you adopt that. And I love that you said that because it's true. Like where you could be at could be like desperation instead of Mm -hmm. abundance, which is so Allison, I love that. That's so good. I I feel like that's exactly it. That's what I've been trying to tell myself is, well, who do I think I am that I can create this business? I mean, scarcity mentality me, especially because through the legal process, they... Um, I've been not by my lawyer, but, you know, told you need to go back to teaching. That's the only thing that makes sense. This is how much you like, blah, blah, blah. And I did, there was a lot I loved about teaching. It just, there's a lot where a classical educational system doesn't work for me right now. And it felt like, well, how dare you say that? Like, you need to go be miserable in your job like everyone else, you know, like, like, why do you think you get to do something that makes you happy and brings you joy. I know it's messed up. I understand that, but you know, um, and I feel like even saying maybe what I'm doing here is too important not to do it. And I'm doing a disservice to others by not doing it. And so that shift of what can I give you versus what am I trying to get is like, that's the Allison. That's like, I love that so much. Um, and that's what I've been, it's a battle though. Why is it such a battle? I don't know. I think you <laughs> talked about before, like how we were raised, our parents raising us, they're doing the best they can. They love us. I, we all, I'm a parent. I know my kids need therapy because of how I've raised them. I, I tell them all the time, I'll pay for your therapy. I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. But Mine like, are in therapy already. <laughs> yeah, see? So, yeah. So like, I think it's just, Things have changed. It used to be you education, you go to college, which is great. Every, you know, if that's the path for you, it's a fantastic path. But if it's not your path, 
then it's not like you're saying teaching is just not going to work for you at all. And so it's, I think it's just how we were raised. I think it's culturally, especially as women, we're taught to support, support, support instead of put ourselves out there, be the explorer, let go of the anchors and let your boat go where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. As women, we are the, the caregivers. We're the ones who are the supporters instead of the explorers. Men are the explorers. And I think we are in this very exciting time where it's switching. Women are becoming the explorers as well. And we're teaching that to our children that they can be explorers and do what their heart is calling them to do. And yes, there's an as there's a chance to fail. And that's the same for men in the ages too. They could fail too, but that's the risk we're willing to take instead of staying in the harbor. I love that. I think that's what it is. Yeah. So okay. something else I want to talk about real quick before we go yeah. is when we were talking about your calling and what you're needing to do for your work, I'm sure you've read the book, Big Magic or heard of the book, Big Magic, but I feel like there's this part of creativity that if we leave the space for the unknown, that it creates something much bigger than we could have ever expected. And you felt called to do it. And I'm sure you didn't know exactly what you were doing. You know, having that like, I'm not really an artist feeling, but you were allowing yourself to go in that space with that unknown. Do you feel like that's a part of it? This like creative magic universe, woo woo part of art, at least I, I truly believe in it. Do you feel like that's been a part of this process for you? you know, diving into being your business full-time? Do you feel like you've allowed that space? It feels like it has to me. I don't know. What do you, what yeah. do you think? I love that. I mean, I'm very, I'm, I am very woo-woo as well. Um, I, there's been a lot, yeah, there's been a lot that I'm, that's been paradigm shifting. Um, but I feel like my woo-woo-ness isn't far off from my like very religious past, except there's more room for mystery now and I want to leave room for the mystery. And so in a lot of ways, whatever I'm, you know, coming out as feels more, more faith-based than even before when I was in my role um, and, you know, in a church weekly, there's just so much mystery. And I love that. I feel like, when we leave room for that, um, there's a bit of letting go and saying, all I know is where I'm like, what I'm feeling called to do. I don't know where this is going to lead. I still feel like every, like living in the mystery is uncomfortable because it requires faith. What is it? The opposite of faith isn't doubt. It's certainty. And that's a hundred percent true. I can't remember who said that. Um, not, not me. I wish I came up with that, but I (laughs) definitely did not. Uh, so do not quote me on that. Um, but I think living into faith and living into the mystery and the magic is saying, I am not, I am not certain. Um, but when we're certain, that's when we are fearful and have that scarcity mentality saying, this is where I feel gifted. This is where I want to go. I don't know what it's going to look like next month or next year. I know it's going to look different than I ever imagined, but what about the possibility that it's going to look even better um, and just kind of faithfully taking that next right step? And um, I just so I was talking with a friend and obviously this can also be, you know, an unhealthy thing, but I still love the word. I love the idea behind it. Instead of paranoia, it's pronoia. 
and pronoia is this belief that the universe is instead of conspiring against you, it's conspiring for you. Ooh, and I love that. Yes, I do too. Now, once again, anything can be taken. I think, you know, a healthy self-awareness is important to not be unhealthy in your pronoia, but let's take the word, let's imagine that there is a healthy version. And I do think there is that you're saying the universe works in very mysterious ways and it is working things for me. Um, and I don't have to worry. I just need to keep, keep going forward. And that's the kind of mystery and magic and, um, yeah, that I, that I, that I want to live in and I, I am living in it and it is kind of uncomfortable, right? Because you, oh, yeah. it's at that point, you're vulnerable and you're saying, I fully recognize I have no control over anything. All I can do is, you know, the next right step. Um, and there is some discomfort in that, but I'm already learning that it is, it's so much better. And the, the practice, you know, the, the, the muscle memory will come, I think. And it, it is freeing already. And I'm seeing ways that it has freed me to live into the, the mystery. Yeah, I feel like as business owners, we see other people are very successful. And it's like, okay, what's their magic? What is their method? What are we're, how, what was the recipe of how to get there, right? Well, I'll duplicate it and I'll be successful too. And I think that's a great place to start when you're first starting off your business. You have to find those, you know, certain things that, yes, you have to have in place that every business owner needs to know how to do. But as art business, art business owners, it is not the way it always works. Like you can't copy someone because they're not you. They're not your art, your soul, your heart, your, your vision, you know, things like that. You have to let go and letting go is so scary oh my gosh it's so scary but you can't achieve the things that you need to achieve unless you let go you you need to have that unknown with you that faith that you were saying to be able to just keep going forward in a place that you feel called to not knowing how it's going to turn out Mm -hmm. and that is terrifying but I don't think you are able to create the work you're meant to create that the universe that is working for you. And I agree with you. I feel like the universe is working for everybody. Is it exactly the plan you had? Probably not. But if you are being willing to hold that dichotomy of you and the unknown, that you can create things you so much better than you ever thought possible. And your work is so that to me, like, I want to be the best self-portraiture person ever like you, but at the same time, I know mine will be totally different because I need to listen to my heart and the way I do things. And, and yes, I'll fail. And I have <laughs> with, because I'm also a film photographer and yes, I fail big time at the role of film. Like what the heck? Why did that turn out? But like doing it again, try, like knowing that that's the direction mm-hmm. I need to go in I, and allowing that unknown in that space will create something so much bigger than you ever thought. And I, I love that. And I feel like I also need to add that I am currently like, I'm not, this isn't just lip service because I am not at a point where, you know, things are not growing as quickly as I like wanted them to or envision them to. I'm not at a point where um, I'm making, 
you know, I'm making the amount I want for the future to make ends meet. I'm not there. And so I think sometimes we look at people who are like wildly successful and it's like, well, it's easy for you to say you have, you know, like three bestsellers and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, I'm literally just in the trenches, like moving forward and wanting to choose to be audacious enough to believe that this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And this sense of insecurity or whatever is is like the best thing that I can do right now and live into that and say, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm here for the ride. And and I believe I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's scary. Um, <laughs> so, it yes. is scary. But that's like a full circle to where we started with your self-portrait, seeing yeah. yourself and giving yeah. yourself that permission. You're being truest to yourself and yeah financially you're not where you want to be yet Mm -hmm. but you feel so good about it because you're doing what you need to be doing which is huge and a lot of people don't give themselves the permission to do that yeah so Amy thank you so much for being on will you tell everybody where they can find you I will guys she has so much to offer I'll put everything in the show notes with links but Tell us your Instagram website and what is happening next for you, for everybody that's listening. Yeah. So my Instagram is it's Amy Liz, um, which gets a lot of confusion because people see the Liz and then I get called Liz a lot. Um, it, it's Amy Liz. Amy Elizabeth was already taken. Um, that's also my website. It's amyliz.com. And that's where you can learn about things that I'm offering, like the artist collab, or I also do mentorships and those are so lovely um, to be a believing mirror for somebody else and give permission and um, help that person access those pieces of themselves that that they want to but can't on their own. As you know, I've said, I need other people to help me access them too. Um, also, where you can sign up to be on my list for the next round of self portraits or join um, in a multiple exposures class or whatever I'm offering in the future. It's all there under learn. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm excited for where, and I have a journal there too, where I do write. And so far it has been not very technical based. It's been very much. Oh, but it's so good. <laughs> and it's I have an email good. list where you can yeah. get, um, what I call the secret journal. Cause it's only, I have the journal and then people who are on, I've, it's funny because I was like, oh, everyone has a newsletter. I don't want a newsletter. And then one day I came up with this there are kind of some things I want to share, but like maybe don't want on my journal or whatever. I'm like, Oh, I could do the secret journal. And then like three days later, I was like, dang it, Amy, that's just a newsletter. (laughs) 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 That was your, (laughs) you are a secret journal. I like it. Yes. It's a newsletter, but it's not just a newsletter. It's really good. It's very it deep and personal. So yes, keep it a secret journal. Please stop. Don't call it a newsletter. I won't. Don't. I won't. Don't. <laughs> it was just funny to me to realize that's really, but it's my version, you know? And so yeah. it's like, this is my voice. These are the stories I want to tell. Um, and whoever, I want to tell them to whoever like wants to sign up for it, which just feels like the bar is raised a little bit, you know, like you have to be like, I'm going to give her my email. And I'm like, great. I'm going to give you a story. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being thank on. You, this has been so lovely. I have loved thank every you. second of it. Me too. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 
The You Belong podcast is an extension of Photo Native. Photo Native is a three-day educational experience. This year, it's going to be in Fort Worth, Texas, February 26th through the 28th. Applications for being a teacher are now open and can be found on www.photonative.com.